Praise the Lord, church. Praise the Lord. Good morning. Uh, I bring you good news in Jesus' name. I'm sure you are wondering what would be so good this morning with the news that we just heard. But brothers, brothers and sisters, one thing that we are so sure is that as, as long as the Lord is sitting on his throne, he's not standing or running away. All is well. Amen. I want to echo the sentiments that Pastor just expressed this morning. Uh, one thing I'll miss from our brother Stephen is he was always the first person after every service to hug me. It was just a coincidence. And he was a warm person. I'll miss that. I'll miss his warmth. You know, the Bible says that David shepherded the Israelites with the skillfulness of his hands and the integrity of his heart. Pastor Kimuyu has done that for us, right? He has been a good shepherd. Skillfulness of heart, as Pastor said, with wisdom and with integrity. And Father, we thank you for our brother. We thank you for Brother Stephen. We thank you for impacting our lives. And we appreciate him and the time he gave with us. And Lord, in our hearts, we release him with love, with joy, and with peace. And we accept your strength and comfort in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You know, brothers and sisters, death is, is, is difficult for everyone. But as Pastor said, we are encouraged in the word of God that we do not mourn like the people of the world. I, in the morning today, I tried to break down that, that section of how do people of the world mourn. Uh, perhaps I'll not do that in the interest of time, but there is a way that people mourn in the world. People of the church, of the light, and people of the world. So as we mourn differently. And so, brothers and sisters, my encouragement to you, that should this one happen to me, and it's a Sunday, a Saturday, I want you to do what I've just done. Come and celebrate life. We give thanks for life. And we celebrate with God. And we pray for those who are available that God will give them strength. As our sister Dorothy, we pray for her. And the church choir, this is my charge for you as you go. I, I guess we'll be leading the services. When you go there, sing the kind of songs we just sang today, this morning. Sing those songs. Sing those songs rather. Not like the ones I hear in my village. Sing the songs we just sang today. Because Christ is victorious. May I also give another special request? Sing to Nasherekea Ushindi Wabwana. To Nasherekea Ushindi Wabwana. Jina la Yesu Ningome Imara. Hallelujah. That's who we are. That's who we are. So we celebrate the life of our brother. And he has died like a soldier. Like a soldier. Strength with, with strength, with energy, full of life, as Basa said, full of life. You know, brothers and sisters, I, I don't know if you have observed this. I keep wondering myself, when I observe people of the world, I keep asking, how come they, they don't have wisdom? I don't know whether you're always like me. Even those who have been to school, you wonder, how come they don't understand things? But for the first time, a couple of weeks ago, when Bob Coleman was being buried, I asked myself, how come those guys of the world have got wisdom? 
Bob Colimo had certain wisdom that is not common even in the church. I don't know whether you saw that. Really, his death blessed my heart. There was no drama. There was no superfluous expenditures. And I was telling my wife, you know what? When I die, I want to be like that guy. Make it simple. If I die, we are in Germany. Baby, bury me there and put on WhatsApp. My husband is gone to be with the Lord. If there is no good grave around, it's, it's some 200 meters, uh, two, 20 kilometers away, and there is a crematorium, put me there. Continue holiday. Because I am going to be with the Lord. And pastor, you know, if, if you were to go with the Lord, and I'll be the one ministering the next morning. I'll do the same thing I've done today. We celebrate life. Amen? Okay. That's difficult. That's difficult for other people. Okay. Uh, but we thank God. Uh, before I uh, proceed, a quick announcement. Uh, my brother uh, at the back challenged me this morning was asking why I'm irregular in church nowadays. So uh, it's good for me to set the record straight. Uh, I am. I since last uh, month I moved to, to Dodoma, uh, and so you'll be seeing me in and out. But uh, my my employers accepted to give me uh, by monthly tickets, so I'll be coming after every two weeks. And so I was telling the church in the morning that if you don't like me, you will see me here. Uh, if you like me, you will still see me here. So either way, just accept the reality. Amen? Uh, I'm working there on a World Bank DFID program as a technical advisor to the government of Tanzania. And so I'll be coming very... Uh, I'm not in, it's not politics, it's a technical advisor, not a political advisor, okay. So uh, we are a, team, a few team, a team there have been seconded there to support World Bank. Okay, so Acts uh, 26, we'll just do 18. Acts 26, 18. Uh, okay. Are we ready? Okay. So that we also show that we have overcome death, we continue the service. Okay. Uh, so um, let's read. Can we perhaps begin one, one at the back, just uh, 17? Okay, so these are the words that God told Brother Paul when he was on his way to Damascus. Remember the Damascus experience. So he's relieving the experience to King Agrippa. That's when he's just about towards his end, the end of his life. He's in Rome. So see what he says. So this is the word of Christ Jesus when he whispers to him when he was on the floor after being knocked down by lightning. He says, I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you. And move on. To open their eyes. If you've got a highlighter and line that one, that Christ is saying, Paul, I'm sending you to the Gentiles and the Jewish people. One is to open their eyes so that you turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. So underline that one. That they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among those who are sanctified 
by faith in me. That is, that is deep. As I've said, this portion comes from a narration by Paul towards the end of his life. And three times in Acts, Paul narrates his experience with Christ when they first met. You remember the story when he used to persecute the church. And so one day he was met with Jesus Christ on the road. He says, Paul, Paul, why do you persecute me? It was called Saul then. And in the three episodes, Paul is not as explanatory as he is in this portion. And I think it's because he, was, he knew that it was almost his time to die. So he wanted to express the depth of it. And so he says that while he was lying on the floor, and actually, brothers and sisters, you'll be so shocked that when, when Paul was knocked on the floor, in one version doesn't say that also his companions were knocked on the floor. He omits that section. In another one, he says, all of them were knocked on the floor. In another one, he says, they all heard the voice. Hello? In another one, this one, he, he, he never tells us what he was told exactly in detail like this one. So you omit several details. Uh, but just to digress a bit, he says that he, he, the, in, in this portion, that Christ spoke to him in the Hebrew language. But then he says elsewhere that those who were with him, who were of Hebrew origin, didn't understand what Christ said. <laughs> no, it's like, I don't know they you're getting that. But I think, Pastor, you speak the first language is Kikuyu. If the Lord came and spoke to you in Kikuyu, he said that. And you don't understand. Anyway, that's another, another day. You know, there's a time that Christ came, God came and spoke to Christ in the midst of people. There was a crowd. When Christ, the time Christ prayed and God came and answered in a loud voice. Okay? And he told him that I have glorified your name. And the people who were there, the Bible says, they said he thundered. He thundered. In other words, they didn't hear a thing. Okay, forget about that. So today, our topic is three kinds of ammunition. Three kinds of ammunition. Uh, ammunition basically is uh, something you fire from a projectile. It's a projectile you fire from an instrument. Could be a bullet. Could be what else? Those have done military science. Uh, could be a missile. Okay. So these are arsenals of war. And so Paul, in this portion of scripture, is giving us three key ammunition that are available in the life of a believer. And we need to be aware of this for effectiveness in, uh, in our work with Christ. Okay. So our first ammunition is the power of sight. The power of sight. Seeing is powerful for a believer. He says, Paul, for one reason I've called you to open the eyes of people. It's a weapon in our arsenal. And I told the early church this morning that when you read 
Matthew 13, Christ is first unveiled the world. The Bible says that he was in the synagogue and asked for the scroll to read. And he read from Isaiah 61. Remember that? He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. Blah, blah, blah. All the way. But Christ had something else in that portion that Isaiah missed. He says, to open eyes the blind. Or to open the eyes of the blind. You know, Christ is the ultimate prophet. And several times in scripture, he corrects the old prophets. Okay, he comes and says, for example, uh, people say that Moses, they were, first was saying, he, 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 he permitted us to divorce our wives. Remember that. And, and he comes and says, you know what? Moses was wrong. And to say that in, in Israel was tantamount to death. Correcting Moses? Moses was the alpha and omega. That was the foundation. He was the standard. Um, uh, he was the benchmark for prophets. So when Christ comes and says Moses was wrong, was courageous. And so this is one of the ways, this in 13, we see him adding a portion that Isaiah missed. And that critical portion is to open eyes for those who don't see. So sight becomes a weapon in the eyes of believers. And so Paul is told, I am calling you for one reason, to open the eyes. And brothers and sisters, from today, I beseech you, desire to have that gift to open people's eyes. Desire. Don't hang with people without opening their eyes. Let it be deep inside you. And we'll see what it is. Now, how is vision or sight characterized or demonstrated in the Bible? What is vision? What is sight? What is sight? I'll give you a few examples. In 2 Kings chapter 6, which you can read on your own because of time, we'll skip that. The king of Syria plans to waylay the king of Israel. He plans a siege and says, I am going to lay a trap in this place. You know the story. And the Bible says, before the king of Israel passed that route, Elijah told the king, don't use that route. For there's a trap. And the king didn't use that route. And so the king of Syria was enraged and called his generals and said, who amongst you is for the king of Israel? Remember that story. And one of the generals says, none of us is a double agent. We are all for you. But there is a prophet in Israel called Elijah. And the king said, and he told me, he told him that that man, the prophet, can actually say what happens in your bedroom. He knows what happens in your bedroom. And the king said, oh, really? So where is he? He said, in this and this city. The Bible records and says, the man sent an army. He did not say, don't say two, two soldiers. He sent a battalion of army to go and capture Elijah. Because Elijah, you know, as they say in war, if you know your enemy, the war is half, half, half won. So you know, if I capture Elijah, I'll be done. Okay, so the soldiers arrive and they surround the place that Elijah was sleeping. In the morning, the Bible says, Elijah's servant woke in the morning, woke up in the morning, and I can try to visualize. He woke up with a cup. You know, in the village, you, you shower with a cup. Took a cup, 
put water in his hands, washed his face, okay? The pups brushed his teeth. And when he looked around, he thought he was seeing trees, you know? So he wiped again his face and mm, these are soldiers. So he went to the house and told Elijah, Elijah, boss, we are sunk. They have come for us. <laughs> what happens blesses my heart. Elijah comes out, looks at the guys and tells him, he didn't even address him, he says, God, open the eyes of this guy. Open the eyes of this young man. Actually, it's called a young man. And when his eyes were opened, he said, oh my God, those who are with us are more than those who are with him. He saw the angels of fire in the mountains. What happened? His eyes were opened from seeing carnality to seeing spiritual stuff. He started seeing differently. He started seeing things differently. Actually, when you read that portion of scripture 28, 18, using NIV, it says to open your spiritual eyes, spiritual understanding. Brothers and sisters, help people to see things differently from carnality to spirituality. It's powerful. Another way vision is characterized is in Numbers 13. Another good story. You know, while growing up, I actually thought that these, the Israelites, are the ones who decided to go and spy the land. But when I grew up, I realized that it's God who told them to go spy the land. Remember, they are going to, they're coming from Egypt. They are going to promised land. And God comes and tells them, Moses, Appoint a few people. Let them go to the, uh, the land I'm giving you to see it, to spy the land. And you know the story. They come out with a different report. Only Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb came with a different story. That's another way of how God characterizes vision. They saw the same thing. Interpretation was different. Others saw giants Others saw human beings. Actually, Caleb says they are human beings. The other 12 said, these are giants. We are sunk. And along the way, Caleb, uh, Joshua, when he takes over, he begins doing the same thing. Remember in Jericho, he sent spies and they find Rahab. Remember the story. They went and saw. In other words, this, God is saying like this. If God was constructing a house, he will not begin with the foundation. God will begin with the fittings. He will begin with a kitchen and a sitting room. That's how God works. God works the end from the end coming this way. That's how God works. He will not dig the foundation first. He will come from the end coming this way. It's powerful. It's powerful. That's why when David understood death, he came from that side to this side and woke up when his son died and he ate and cleansed his face. And the people who were carnal were so shocked. See, when, he, when the child was sick, this man fasted and cried and did not eat. But when the child dies, the man gets a revelation coming from that side to this side. So brothers and sisters, it's a spiritual dimension. 
to see the end from the beginning. In Proverbs 8, God says that I was with God at the beginning of the world. That's talking about, about, about wisdom. And I rejoiced before him in the inhabited world. Ah, it is hidden in the Bible. Get it, Proverbs 8, 18, 8. Christ is saying, before the Lord formed the world, me and him, we went to the world and saw it, and walked it, and saw fish, and saw cows, and saw human beings, and came back and sat down to design them. Ay, ay, ay. Ooh. Ah, that is beautiful. That's beautiful. You know, yesterday, Pastor was saying, uh, we were coming from lunch with my wife, and I told her, we were just chatting about how we are going to spend our life in the next week. That's what we normally do uh, every now and then, just to check on our plans. I told her, now that I'm in Dodoma, I'll be having some evening hours. Uh, so I want to do uh, I want to do flying. I want to learn flying. To be a pilot in the evening. Okay. She, told, she, was, she really laughed. She told me, why do you want to do that? I told her, you know what? I have I've never told you, but you know, I, I plan to, to buy a plane. Man, she laughed just the way you have laughed. In her head, she thought, my husband is becoming too idle. <laughs> but you know, I told her something. You know what, my wife? I have already seen the upholstery in the plane. I have seen where we put our glasses. I have come from the other side coming this way. And even if I don't get it, my children will get up, will get a plane. It is in my DNA. And so, I'll do flying. Just for adventure, it comes towards me during my life. How it will come, I do not know, Pastor. That's how I learned that, brothers and sisters, during my first time. Okay, this way. For those who have not used Matatu in this town, Matatu has got different characteristics. The manners in the Matatu is not the manners you have in your car. If you drove with a Matatu from Gong in the morning, you reach Nairobi City Center, your mood is changed. I promise you. It has got some demonic influence inside there. You are only the king until you board. You know, it's the only industry in this country where the customer is not the king. You're only the king when they're calling you. Come, come. Once you just put your leg inside, you become a common man. Okay? A seat for three, they bring four people. And the fourth one occupies the seat for two. It's blessed with space. And sits on you, and they want you to pay the exact price you negotiated. And the, and the music they play, and the radio they play, Brothers and sisters, may God deliver you from those things. So I used to use matatu, and I got aggrieved. Another thing that I didn't like is time wasting. You can never plan your life with matatu. You can never. When you are telling someone you want to meet at, at two, for example, you leave home like four hours early because you can go to the stage and they are not there. Or you go inside, they take your money and they begin calling. Or there are eight of them in the matatu you think is full. Then you are number one. Actually, these other seven... They have got bad manners, really. And so I got tired. And I told God, Father, please, of all these people who are driving around, why can't you even give me a tuk-tuk? Just a tuk-tuk. And I prayed. I was in Kahawa. 
Brothers and sisters, God, this I'm telling you, the truth, God challenged me. You know what he told me? You don't even have a driving license. Ay, 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 ay. The, next, the next day, I went to Wali's driving school in Kidurai and enrolled. Another pastor was praying for, for expansion of ministry. And he, went to the, he was sharing recently. He went to go to ask for the expansion of ministry. And God told him, you are not ready. You are not ready for ministry. Handle these ones. So he said, oh Lord, why? He told him, you have not even prepared the workers. If people come here, like for example, this church, the way we are, is comfortable. If today, this number doubles, there will be chaos here. There will be chaos here. So if we have to pray for expansion of this ministry, let's train ourselves. Let's have more workers. Even before they come, let's buy more seats. Let's have more parking space. Let's know how to park nicely close to each other. But before that happens, God knows that we're not ready. And so God goes from the end. So when I acquire the license, God said, aha, now this guy is learning lessons. And began giving me wisdom to spend money and store money. He didn't just bring a car overnight. No. He began giving me wisdom how to spend money, store, make extra. Within time, my pastor, my pastor, I had 320000 Yes. And I went to Mombasa, I want this car. How much is it? 800000 Okay. <laughs> I thought 320 is good money. But that's how God sees things. From the end, this way. From furniture to the house. It's a spiritual principle. God says, tells Paul, open their eyes to begin seeing like me. From the end, coming this way. So, how we sight a weapon? Uh, how we sight a weapon? Number one is that sight helps us to comprehend spiritual realities. Sight helps us to comprehend spiritual realities. I don't know if you are getting that. Christ says, Paul says, that I pray that your spiritual eyes may be opened in the understanding of Jesus Christ, his glory, his riches, and the hope that we have in him. So when you have a spiritual dimension differently, there are things that don't bother you. You know, while growing up, I was always bothered with demons. I don't know whether many of you are like that. Brothers, they are born again, but we are always bothered about demons. My neighbor who once, among the people who got born again uh, in, in, my, in my village, will always host cashers in his house, mostly him and the children, and a few neighbors will come, almost every Friday, and they will play drums, doo -doo, doo -doo -doo -doo, almost the whole night. Plus the children, he made sure the children don't sleep. They will cry, but... And half the night, he will be casting away demons. Half the night. But when you get sight, you realize, brothers and sisters, that you actually, the demons tremble when you come. I used to go to hotels whenever I check in the hotel. I'll go touch the walls. I know many of you do these things. You are very spiritual. I touch and I anoint, I anoint this house with the blood of Jesus. Everything in this house that is ungodly. I got the bed. I anoint the bed. 
I have stopped. I have stopped. My spiritual eyes have changed. I understand spiritual realities. Demons and me cannot dwell in the same bed, in the same room. It cannot. And if I come in, actually before I arrive, they know I have booked that hotel. They walk out before. Once I just say, I'm coming to sleep in Hilton, and I pay, or my servant, or my, my, uh, my assistant pays that hotel, the demons say, Mulongo is coming. Come. Wafula, Njoroge, Chukwa Vituzako, let's go. Mulongo is coming. I don't need to buy anything. Because he who is in me is greater than that who is in the world. I understand spiritual realities. Number two, why is a weapon is that faith is a catalyst for faith. I mean, sorry, a sight is the catalyst for faith. Remember catalyst when you did history, chemistry in school? An item or, a, or, or um, uh, a substance, you'll put in another one that will expedite the reaction. Remember that? And we were told that if you want to increase the diffusion of a molecule or availability of a molecule, you do three things. One, either you increase the concentration. If you want salty water to be salty, you have got water and you want to make it salty, you do three things. One is you may either add more salt in the water, that's increasing concentration, or we were told you heat, you heat that water that has got salt. So the molecules now have got more kinetic energy. Okay. Uh, the third one we were told is uh, you star. Remember, you star. Okay, you are just catalyzing the process. But we were never told the fourth one. Now that's the dimension. The fourth one is sight. Sight. If you want your faith to be activated. You begin seeing things coming this way. You begin seeing things coming this way. If you are a parent, you trusting God for a, 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 a child, begin seeing a child. This one is this one is not witchcraft. This one is faith. Begin seeing a child, brothers and sisters. Before I got a wife, I had the name of the baby. Okay, I know this one is different. This was different stuff. I was no longer praying for the child. I was praying, now praying for the baby and blessing my baby. I've got the name. Meaning I'm trusting God for children. Children do not come from trees. Children come from? And from people. Okay, for you, you to get a baby, you have to get a wife. So already, I have transcended the wife to a baby. Because my eyes had changed. So when you see me talking about upholstery in the plane, I have passed the area of trusting for the plane. I'm looking for the color scheme. Pastor Sio Imetosha. Anyway, the final one about sight is that when you begin seeing spiritually, it equips ordinary men to live extraordinarily. If your sight is good, you begin living extraordinarily. Bible says people like, like, like Abraham and the patriarchs, they saw the promised land and welcomed it. And God said, people who say that, they look for a city whose, whose creator is the Lord himself.
Yani these guys, they saw our time. They saw Jesus Christ and worshipped him and welcomed him and begin living with the, they began living with their age mates, contemporaries. Having chai with them, but they are so far away. They were living extraordinarily. Brothers and sisters, I want to live like that. We go for nyamachoma and chai, but I am not with you. I am not your age mate. I have lived ages to come. I have seen ages to come. I have understood things. I have understood life. I know spiritual realities. I live extraordinarily. When you are being bothered by demons, me, I just walk in and sleep soundly. Extraordinarily. You have seen things that others have not seen. When small things are bothering people, for you, you have gone a different street. You are living extraordinarily. And that's why I'm telling you, the choir, when we go to send off our brother, let's be extraordinary. We understand these things. We understand. We are doing for the people who are there, not us. And when you stand to preach, we will not preach about the dead like other people. I went to another church and they preached about the dead person forever and prayed for him that God will forgive his sins. I thought this man is wasting our time. God forgive the man's sin. He's already dead. We will worship the Lord and teach the word and open their eyes and bring them to Christ. It's the only opportunity when unbelievers come without inviting them. So, for those who will be there, it should the Lord call me home early. When you come there, come and call people to Christ. Come and call them. Teach them the word. Forget about Mulongo. I've done my part. We put number two. I'll stop there. There are three. I'll stop at number two in the interest of time. This one's shorter. Uh, Uh, I'll skip the one I taught in the morning. I'll go to the last one, which is much shorter in this of time. Uh, is the power of righteousness. So there are three kings that Paul was given there. He was given the power of sight, ammunition of sight, and he was given the second one is the power of citizenship. I'll teach you the next time. I'm told I'll be here every fortnight. So I'll pick up on citizenship the next one. So the right, right, uh, last one is the power of righteousness. The power of righteousness. Paul says, Paul is being told by Christ that help these people to understand that righteousness is a weapon in the life of a believer. Okay? Turn their eyes from the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of light. And you do that by teaching them that righteousness is a weapon. So understand the depth and breadth of righteousness. Brothers and sisters, I, I, I request you that take time to dig deep about righteousness. When you understand the depth and breadth of righteousness, your life takes a different dimension. But this teaching of righteousness is not for everyone. There are certain teachings that Christ wanted to teach us, but he didn't. There are miracles he wanted to do in certain areas, he didn't do. Because they didn't have the capacity to understand or to appreciate. So he said, these ones, I'll leave them. I don't know whether you're always like me. Sometimes you want to explain a certain concept, uh, perhaps to students, 
and you realize uh, this this stage that a bit too low. Okay, perhaps the first year, second years, you you keep quiet. Inside you, you want to share, but you realize this one is is too much. Let me leave leave it there. Even righteousness is the same thing. There are many times that the teachers of righteousness will skip it, certain lessons, because the people will not understand it. Let me give you an example about how Christ um, uh, Bible skips certain things. Christ is teaching on um, still on the on, on, on that version of, of, of divorce and marriage. And he says, Moses erred when he taught you about divorce. For now, the, this is the right doctrine. That if any man marries a wife and and divorces her, okay, he should not marry again. And whoever marries a divorced wife commits adultery. Remember what the disciples said? They said, in that case, <laughs> it is good that no man marries. They were saying, this teaching is too much. You know, they wanted to have, you know, legalism to marry many wives. They said, ah, 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 this one is not. And then Christ said, if you, oh, that's deep. He says, these things I've said, it's not for every person. Except for those who it's appointed for. He said, you guys here, not everyone can understand this, can comprehend this. You need a bigger heart. You need to stretch your heart. It's deep for every man. Just you cannot comprehend it. Another day, there's a guy called a rich ruler, rich young ruler. He comes to Christ and said, what shall I do to inherit the kingdom of heaven? And Christ tells him, don't you know, this, don't you know the, the law? Okay. And so he tells him, do ABC. The guy says, I have kept all that from my youth, from my childhood. And Christ, the Bible says, he turned, he laughed him and says, one more thing you need to do. Go sell all that you have and distribute to the poor. And the Bible says, the man's countenance fell. For he was a rich man. And he walked away. And when he walked away, Christ turned to the disciples and tells them, it is easy for a camel to pass through the eye of the needle than for a rich man to inherit the kingdom. And they said, the disciple says, who else, who then can inherit the kingdom of God? And Christ said, for man is impossible. But for God, all things are. He was telling them, this lesson I'm teaching is not for every dick and tom. Same with righteousness. You cannot teach everyone to understand this topic. So God tells Paul, keep repeating this, equipping these people to understand righteousness. Oh. So one thing about righteousness in Psalms 119 verse one or one. I don't know they can project that. Psalms one nineteen verse one or one. Blessed are they who whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law. No, no, it's one nineteen verse one or one. If you have got King James Version, I'll appreciate that. Okay, yeah, there we go. I have kept my feet from every evil path so that I might obey your word. 
Hiya. Same David. People struggle to understand who wrote 101. They keep, others keep saying it is Moses. Others keep saying it's Ezra. I want to tell you that it's actually David. If you read inside between the lines, you'll see it's David handwriting. So David, who earlier on had been saying he's a sinner and unworthy, he said, Father, I have kept my feet from every evil path so that I might obey your word. Symbol, language, saying, Lord, I have made a choice to take the narrow path. I have made a choice to follow what is right. That you can actually make a choice to live a righteous life by following Jesus Christ every day. Every day. Every day. Every day. Even when you stumble, you walk with Jesus Christ. Even when you stumble, you are righteous. Even when you stumble. Every day. Every day. You make a decision. He's saying, it is a decision I have made to be righteous. It's a decision I have made. As I just want to conclude as the worship team comes about righteousness. Uh, if you can project 1 John 3, 4. 1 John 3, 4. I want us to pay attention to this. As I said, it's a very difficult lesson. Everyone who's, who breaks, everyone who sins and breaks law, in fact, sin is lawless, lawlessness. Can I have a new King James, please? There we go. Okay, thank you. Whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness. And sin is lawlessness. If can you continue up to nine? And you know that he was manifested to take away our sins. And him, there is no sin. In Christ, there is no sin. Whoever abides in him does not sin. Now, that's where the rubber meets the road. Whoever abides in him does not sin. Whoever sin since has neither seen him nor know him, known him. Little children, see that. He's right to little children. Let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Short, Christ is telling the children through the scripture, children who are young believers, that it's possible to leave this side of the, of the pew of the church and come this side. You can grow from being a child to a youth to a father. And he says, the fathers these sides, they cannot sin. I think I've told that scripture, that, that portion before. That it is not our works that we come this way. It's by what he did on the cross that we are righteous. That when Holy Communion is put before you, 
you know that a solution is available. It reminds you of the solution of your sin, of your life. It's, that's why it says, do this in remembrance of me. What do you remember? I remember Brother Kinguyu because the way he used to hug me. And the way he used to give me stories. You remember the character of the person. Not the clothes he wore. The character of Jesus Christ was forgiveness and mercy. So when you take Holy Communion, you remember that mercy. You take and you know that your sins are forgiven. You are called a father. No longer a child. You know that you are righteous. When you begin in the morning, you stand and say, Father, I thank you that I'm righteous. There's deep silence. May we stand. Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder, consider all thy works, thy hands have made. Let's worship the Lord. I see the stars, I hear the roaring thunder, thy works throughout the universe display. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to our confession this morning that you are great amongst us and our souls father exalt you we exalt you above everything and every situation we exalt you father open the eyes of our understanding to grasp the things the deep things of God we thank for your righteousness Father, we worship you. We worship you, Son of God. We call you Yahweh. Our hearts worship you. Receive all our adoration, O oh God. Let's just worship him again. Father, we worship you. We worship you, O King of glory. We just adore you this morning. Oh, receive our praise, O oh God. Ramayaka Raba. Sikayama Kandaba. Ah, we worship you. Hallelujah. Father, we bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the gift of salvation and righteousness. And Father, we confess that we are righteous by your blood. And because of this righteousness, we have got victory in Christ Jesus. And we live a victorious life. And this week, my Father, we will be victorious. We thank you for the strength in our church. We thank you for the peace in our church. We thank you for the peace in our brother Kimuyu's home. We thank you for the strength that you are equipping us, O oh Lord. For Lord, you are our master. And we rejoice before you. Your wisdom is beyond our comprehension. But we just love you. And call on your name. In Jesus' name. Shall we appreciate him with a clap, please? Let's appreciate him one more time. Thank you, thank you. May the Lord bless you.